0: Chapter 16 A very dirty bird.
1: Up he went, very quickly at first, then more slowly, then, in a little while, even more slowly than that, and finally, after many minutes of climbing up the endless stairway, one weary foot was barely able to follow the other. Milo suddenly realized that, with all his effort, he was no closer to the top than when he began and not a great deal further from the bottom but he struggled onward for a while longer until at last completely exhausted he collapsed onto one of the steps
2: I should have known
1: he mumbled resting his tired legs and filling his lungs with air this is just like that line that goes on forever I'll never get there you wouldn't much like it anyways, someone replied gently. Infinity is, dreadfully, is a dreadfully poor place. They can never manage to make ends meet. Milo looked up, with his head still resting heavily on his hand. He was becoming quite accustomed to being addressed at the oddest times, in the oddest places, by the oddest people. And this time... He was not at all disappointed. Standing next to him on the step was exactly one half of a small child who had been divided neatly from top to bottom. Do you know where you are?
0: You're in this epic. Well, that was kind of rough.
1: (laughs) And here there'll be dragons. Welcome back, adventurers and story seekers. I am your host, Castle, here with my humble and handsome hetero life mate, the Real Thickuses.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's the apt description, that's for sure.
1: <clears throat> and uh, we we, uh, we are recording this particular podcast very late. Um, yes, yeah. <laughs> we we Tighter. had some we had some scheduling issues. So for those of you who are on Patreon, who uh, get this a week early. Uh, thank you guys for your patience, we appreciate every last one of you, um, and uh, we do so hope that you uh, enjoy, and uh, yeah, so we're going to make today extra lively, uh, because we, we, we feel bad we uh, messed up our recording schedule.
0: We did, yeah, we uh, had some issues. <laughs> uh,
1: and we actually did record the entire episode once, um, and I had messed up my, my audio, so... <laughs> It ended up being a, just an absolutely catastrophic uh, disappointment of a day for us both. Yeah,
0: yeah, was not a good, uh, not a good evening. But, but anyways,
1: I'm... we are we back are. in the world beyond the Phantom Toll the Kingdoms of Wisdom. But we are currently in the Kingdom of Digitopolis. Uh, for those of you who are tuning into this, being the first episode, we are reading through the Phantom Tollbooth, and we are uh, analyzing and going through the incredible works and words of Norton Juster. Yes, we are. Um, and we are we are currently approaching the end. This is chapter sixteen, A Very Dirty Bird. We are currently in Digitopolis, getting ready to head into the mountains of ignorance. Ooh. Ooh. So, shall we read on, my friend? Let us. Pardon me for staring, said Milo after he had been staring for some time. (laughs) But I've never seen half a child before. Ah, it is point five eight, to be precise, replied the child from the left side of his mouth, which happened to be the only side of his mouth. I beg your pardon? Pardon? Said Milo. It's 0.58, he replied. It's a little bit more than a half. Have you always been this way? asked Milo impatiently, for he felt that it was a needlessly fine distinction. My goodness, no, said the child, the child assured him. After uh, a few years ago, I was just 0.42, and believe me, that was terribly inconvenient. What is the rest of your family like? said Milo, this time a bit more sympathetically. Oh, we are just an average family, he said thoughtfully. Mother, father, and 2.58 children. And, as I have explained, I am the 0.58. It must be rather odd being only part of a person, said Milo. Not at all, said the child. Every average family has 2.58 children, so I always have someone to play with. Besides, each family also has an average of 1.3 automobiles, and since I'm the only one who can drive three-tenths of a car, I get to use it all the time.
0: What do you think the logistics of that is?
1: <laughs> well, given that he stands fairly well with just having one leg, I I guess in this world, even even the the pieces that are missing still have function in some sense, I guess.
0: Right. Okay. Cause nice. I, I
1: mean I it wouldn't it wouldn't make much sense to only have a partially functioning point five eight of a child.
0: Well, I, I don't think you could have a partially functioning 0.58 of a child, if we're being honest.
1: Well, if we're being honest, I think you could only have a partially functioning 0.58 of a child.
0: All right, yeah, I guess that's a good point. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I had to get a little dark there. <laughs> but,
1: Onward. But averages aren't real, objected Milo.
2: They're just imaginary.
1: I just imagine Milo getting like so frustrated
0: and, oh, dude. and
1: flustered be, with all of these
0: things. I would be distraught if I was in this world, like, especially, especially dealing with the math people. I would just be like, what do you mean? That's <laughs> not how that works. Oh, it would be awful. Couldn't do it. Couldn't do it. I,
1: I have I have every confidence you would have completely lost your patience. Oh. At at uh, at, at, substra- at subtraction stew,
0: yeah. Oh oh oh, don't even get me started. Don't even get me started. I would I would have oh, uh, I'd have gone off, man. You give me food that tastes delicious, and I start to get hungry from said food. <laughs> it's the end of I'm the line. I'm gonna go off, man. I'm gonna go off. I don't care how well you add and subtract. What your magic pencil is. <laughs>
1: You just, you're just like, you know what? I'm about to go exponential on your way Oh, my God. Oh, God. I mean, on your bootay.
0: There you go. Uh, yeah, just because we're recording this at night doesn't mean it's the After Dark podcast.
1: Right. That may be so. Agre- he agreed. But they are... Very useful at times. For instance, if you didn't have any money at all, but you happened to be with four other people who had ten dollars apiece, then you'd each have, on average, eight dollars. Isn't that right? I guess so," said Milo weakly.
0: See, this kid's this kid's that that kid's that order uh, like steak and like like three drinks and. When, when uh, you go out with, like, a group of friends and everybody's going to pitch in for dinner. Right. And he gets, like... He spends, like, $150 on dinner for himself. Right. That's, that's this kid. <laughs>
1: right. <laughs> He's like, we're splitting the bill evenly. Yeah.
0: <laughs> well, if, if we average everything out... <laughs> <laughs> everyone will pay $34 for dinner.
1: Well... ''I think... well, uh, well, think how much better off you'd be just because of averages,'' he explained convincingly. ''And think of the poor farmer when it doesn't rain all year. If it wasn't for an average yearly rainfall of 37 inches, in this part of the country, all his crops would wither and die.'' It all sounded terribly confusing to Milo, for he had always had trouble in school with just this subject. Same, Milo. Same. (laughs) There are other advantages as well. Continued the child. For instance, if one rat is cornered by nine cats, then on average, each cat would be 10% rat and each rat would be 90% cat. And if you happen to be the rat, you can see how that would be much nicer or how much nicer it would make things. But that can never be said Milo, jumping to his feet. "'Don't be too sure,' said the child patiently. "'For one of the nicest things about mathematics, "'or anything else you might care to learn, "'is that of the things which can never be, often are, "'you see,' he went on, "'it's very much like trying to reach infinity. "'You know that it's there, but you just don't know where. "'But just because you can never reach it doesn't mean that it's not worth looking for. I hadn't thought of it that way, said Milo, starting down the stairs.
2: I think I'll go back now. A wise
1: decision, the child agreed, but try again someday. Perhaps you'll get much closer. And as Milo waved goodbye, he smiled warmly, which he usually did, on average, about 47 times a day. See, I love these little I love these little footnotes that Juster puts in at the end of a s- interaction sometimes. Yeah. Like he doesn't do it often, but he he kind of gives this sort of like lesson learned sentence that is very tongue in cheek.
0: Right. Right. <laughs> and no, I man, I and I, I, felt, sure.
1: I loved them so much. Everyone here knows so much more than I do, thought Milo as he leapt from step to step. I'll have to do a lot better if I'm going to find and rescue the princesses. In a few moments, he had reached the bottom again and burst into the workshop, where Tok and the Humbug uh, were eagerly watching the math magician perform. Wait, who, wait, ah. yep. Oh, yep. The, the, the math magician, okay, all right. Yeah, yeah. "'Ah, back already!' he cried, greeting him with a friendly wave. "'I hope you found what you were looking for!' "'I'm afraid not,' admitted Milo, and then he added a very, in a very discouraged tone. "'Everything in Digitopolis is much too difficult for me.' The math magician nodded knowingly and stroked his chin several times. "'You'll find!' he remarked gently. That the only thing you can do easily is be wrong, and that's hardly worth the effort. And we 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 harped on this last time, and I want to make sure that we do it again. That is such a great line. It is the only thing that you can do easily is be wrong, and that's hardly worth the effort.
0: Yeah, it's. I mean, it's beautifully put and so simply.
1: um... I do not know how many young people we have that listen to the podcast, but. For any of you who are in, in high school, or uh, weirdly, if you're in middle school and you listen to podcasts, good on you. Uh, <coughs> but if, 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 if you're talking to your friends, uh, or, you're, or you're debating whether or not it's worth it to learn something, or to take the extra efforts, this line needs to be what always goes through your head to remind you that the only thing you can do easily is be wrong, and that's hardly worth the effort. Amen. All right, back to the.
0: My audio stopped recording for some reason.
1: It's very cool. Very cool. Well,
0: wow. We'll just do that. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Let's see. Continue. Sorry. Uh, Milo
1: tried very hard to understand all of the things he'd been told and all of the things he'd seen. And as he spoke, one curious thing still bothered him. Why is it, he said quietly, that quite often, even the things that are correct just don't seem right. That's another great line. Kids, take notes. Adults, yeah. take notes as well. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody take notes. Everybody, notes. Pull out a notepad. right now. Write it down.
0: Pull out your uh, yellow legal pad.
1: Yellow legal pad. Uh, Everybody has one. A look of deep melancholy crossed the math magician's face and his eyes grew moist with sadness. Everything was silent, and it was several minutes before he was able to reply at all. Oh, very true, he sobbed, reporting, supporting himself on his staff. It's been that way since rhyme and reason were banished. Quite so, began the humbug. I personally feel that... And it's all because of that stubborn wretch Azaz roared the math magician completely overwhelming the bug for now his sadness had changed to fury and he stalked about the room adding up anger and multiplying wrath that's all his fault perhaps if you discussed it with him milo started to say but never had time to finish he's much too unreasonable interrupted the math magician again
0: which is ironic
1: right <laughs> Why, just last month I sent him a friendly letter, which he never had the courtesy to answer. See for yourself. He handed Milo a copy of the letter which read 4738 1919 5841 62589 85371 Seven one nine zero four three four, two zero three, two seven six eight nine, five seven one three one, four eight one two zero six, five eight six four, nine eight zero five three, six two one seven nine eight seven five zero seven three. Yes, I did waste your time with all of that.
0: So, and I just want to read the little annotation over here from Jester, because I was just thinking, I'm like, hmm, I wonder if this actually means something. Jester recalled, it never occurred to me that the letter in numbers that the mathematician wrote to Zaz actually had to mean something, since no one in Dictionopolis would be able to read it. I didn't think about it until I began to get mail from Puzzled, and sometimes I write readers who couldn't break the code... Talk about <laughs> my face. I was like, "That's funny." That's brilliant. I love really it. Really Because literally, as we started this, because this is the second or third time that I'm reading through this chapter, uh, as of our, the recording of the podcast, um, I was like, "Oh, you know what? I, I wonder like what I would have to look up to figure out what this actually says." Nothing. It's it's there's nothing, there's no meaning behind it. <laughs> and that's honestly so much better than (laughs) there actually being meaning
1: behind it well and I think I think that accidentally this ends up being a very symbolic uh, moment for Juster because it's intended not to mean anything Mm -hmm. like because like the math magician says it's a very it's like it's a very heartfelt letter like a very friendly letter but to to Azaz it's going to mean nothing right so accidentally Juster made the letter mean nothing when in the book, it still actually meant nothing.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: Which is just, it, oh god.
0: It's, it's pretty great. Yeah, even the, when he's not trained, he still
1: is. The man uh, is accidentally brilliant. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't understand numbers," said Milo, who found it a little difficult to read himself. <laughs> Nonsense!" bellowed the math magician. Everyone understands numbers. No matter the language you speak, they always have the same meaning. A, a seven is a seven anywhere in the world. My goodness, thought Milo. Everyone is so terribly sensitive about things they know best. <laughs> Which again is something we harped on last time. This shit ring shite rings so true.
0: It really does. Um, I was actually just talking talking earlier today about this dude instead of just accepting the fact that you know very little and that's okay people get so hung up on like knowing something like that's they're for sure have the knowledge on it and whether they do or not is unimportant it's how sure people get with the knowledge they have and which makes them unwilling to learn when it comes to the majority of the world and life, and things they don't know.
1: <laughs> well, and and the and the yeah, and the crazy thing is, is that the the more sure you are of something, the more likely you are to be offended if it is proven wrong,
0: or or if someone else doesn't understand it, which is the point here. And right, because as uh, the mathematician, instead of going, you know what, you're right. Um, maybe maybe my letter and numbers was wasn't understood. And that's why I never got a response instead. No, he's like, no, that's ridiculous. I understand numbers. Everyone understands numbers. Numbers are numbers.
1: Right. So like I I put out a TikTok this week and for anybody who follows me on TikTok, I I often put out uh, things on mythology and, and history and whatnot. And I get people all the time who get upset when I challenge what is normally accepted because sometimes what is normally accepted is very much supported by by history and and archaeology and general right. academia but sometimes what is widely accepted is pure fabrication yes so i put out a video talking about how thor is not the god of thunder right and it it made people very upset but if you go and you look in any of the poetic eddas uh, and the prose edda any of the Places where most of these historical points are pulled from. Nowhere does it mention him having power over storms, or thunder or lightning.
0: Didn't didn't it start? Be, and I could be totally off base here, but didn't it start because of Marvel?
1: Okay, so Marvel exasperated it. Where the okay. original, where the original, he was considered to be the god of agriculture. And storms in the Germanic versions of the myth, which came some four hundred years after the the initial prose were, were written. Right. So, the the whole idea that gods have to have domains is one that came about in in you know late centuries. So we're talking about like the fifteen hundreds and onwards, where gods were were given domains. Right. Um, right prior to that that's there, there was none of that like if you look at old Norse mythology there is an implication and same thing with Gaelic myth if you look at these old myths there is implication that these different beings have command over natural energy but you never get an explicit definition that any one of them is the domain over any one particular element yeah. and all of the gods in all of the mythologies are shapeshifters
0: Oh, okay, but right. then,
1: but then later on, that gets just attributed to certain ones. It's like the thing, like if, yeah, uh, it's really difficult for people to understand that Jotun are are not a different race of people, and uh, that the Aesir and Vanir are not different races of people, uh, and there's this 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 implication that the the Jotun are the those of Jotunheim are are frost giants when right. the actual translation of the mythology is that they are giants of the land of frost.
0: Hmm, interesting.
1: So you get this there's all of this really just <clears throat> incredibly interesting nuance that people mistake because they want to believe something is however it is in their mind. Like people care yeah. more about what they know or what they think they know than this what is than true. what is actually true. Yeah. And that we see that here with the math magician, he thinks that everyone knows numbers as well as he does, and it doesn't matter that that's not true. Like Milo is sitting here telling him like I don't understand these things.
0: Well well and, and it's funny because he uses the example, he's like, a seven is a seven, but what does that mean?
1: <laughs> right. But what is a but what does a seven mean in these, these other cultures it, because uh, well
0: and what does it mean in context of a uh, as what's supposed to be like <laughs> six six seven? What does that mean?
1: <laughs> right. Well, and then and then uh, uh, take take for instance that up until the nineteenth no up until the twentieth century we did not have a standard for measurement for most things. So you could say a liter is a liter, but a an Australian liter was different from a Europe from a a, a, a British liter. Yeah. They were different sizes. Yeah. So this this concept of a seven is a seven anywhere. It takes a very base form to knowledge and implies that we all understand things the same way, which is common throughout both kingdoms in this book.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, absolutely.
1: And uh, it's, it's, just, it's a wonderful little nuance to me, and I, I love it. All right, back into it. Forward we go. With your permission, said Toc, changing the subject, we'd like to rescue Rhyme and Reason. Has Azaz agreed to it? The math magician inquired. Yes, sir, the dog assured him. Then I don't, he thundered. For since they've been banished we've never agreed on anything. And we never will. He emphasized this his last remark with a dark and ominous look. Never? asked Milo, with the slightest touch of disbelief in his voice never he repeated and if you can prove otherwise I'll you'll have my permission to go well said Milo who had thought about this problem very carefully ever since leaving Dictionopolis
0: this is very clever I love very
1: this. very incredibly clever which why Milo? Milo is constantly telling himself that everyone in this kingdom knows more than he does. Yeah, yeah, and and this Milo, even though he's such a simple character for a children's book, Milo has hardcore imposter syndrome.
0: He does very much so, and he actually has a, like he has a, a great character arc. Oh too, yeah, which... it's
1: one of the best hero arcs in any book yeah. ever. Like True. it really, it really is. Uh. Let's get into it. Well," said Milo, who had thought about this problem very carefully ever since leaving Dextranopolis. Then, with whatever Azaz agrees, you disagree. Correct," said the math magician with a tolerant smile. And with whatever Azaz disagrees, you you agree. Also correct yawned the math magician, nonchalantly cleaning his fingernails with the point of his staff. Then each of you agrees that he will disagree with whatever each of you agrees with, said Milo triumphantly, and if both disagree with the same thing, then aren't you really in agreement? I've been tricked, cried the math magician, for no matter how he figured, It still came out just that way. Splendid effort, commented humbug jovially. Exactly the way I would have done it myself. And now, may we go, added Tock. The math magician accepted his defeat with grace and nodded weakly. And then he drew the three travelers to his side, which I love that he drew the three travelers to his side. Uh... That's a long and dangerous journey, he began softly, and a furrow of concern creased his forehead. Long before you find them, the demons will know you're there. Watch for them well, he emphasised, for when they appear, it might be too late. The humbug shuddered down to his shoes, and Milo felt the tips of his fingers suddenly grow cold but there's one problem even more serious than that he whispered ominously what is it gasped milo who was not sure he really wanted to know i'm afraid i can tell you only when you returned come along said the math magician and i'll show you the way and simply by carrying the three he transported them all to the very edge of diction uh, Digitopolis behind them lay all the kingdoms of wisdom and up ahead a narrow rotted path led towards the mountains and darkness uh, so two things real quick one we noted this last time and I want to make sure we bring it up again um, <clears throat> this is another area where uh, the math magician and Azaz agree uh, yes. is that they have this thing that Milo needs to know but that he can't know until he returns from the journey, right? Um, and I, I, I love that. That is is another another aspect of this journey. Um, but also, what we're what we're about to see for the rest of the chapter is uh, them heading into the mountains of ignorance. Correct. And uh, I, I very much love how Norton works to describe the mountains. The same way someone might describe ignorance.
0: Yeah, no, I mean, I, he does that. He does that with. Um, he does that at a couple different places. So, like, he, he, it's he's just good, man.
1: <laughs> yes, he's he's absolutely wonderful. Just good. All right, so let's go. All right, uh, we'll never make it. We'll never get. It the car up that said milo unhappily true enough said replied the math magician but you can be in ignorance quick enough without riding all the way and if you're to be successful it will have to be step by step another just oh absolutely killer line oh yeah but i would like to take my gifts milo insisted So you shall, announced the dodecahedron, who appeared from nowhere with his arms full. Here are your sights, and your sounds, and here, he said, handing Milo the last of them disdainfully, are your words. And most important of all, added the math magician, here's your very own magic staff. Use it well, and there is nothing it cannot do for you. He placed in Milo's breast pocket a small gleaming pencil which except for the size was much like his own. Then with a the last word of encouragement he and the dodecahedron who was simultaneously sobbing frowning pining and sighing from his four from four of his saddest faces made their farewells and watched as the three tiny figures disappeared into the forbidden forbidding mountains of ignorance or bidding yes yeah, it's forbidding hmm. interesting. I would have gone with foreboding but I guess I, for, forbidding is just as uh, just I, as it's
0: interesting yeah I like that
1: okay excuse me I'm, I'm adjusting I'm not in a I'm not in a seat
0: I don't dare you.
1: Uh, on they went. <coughs> oh wait, hang on. Perhaps someone should. Oh, hang on, hang on, hang on. Almost immediately, the light began to fade as the path, as the difficult path, wandered aimlessly upward, inching forward almost as reluctantly as the trembling humbug. Talk, as usual, led the way, sniffing ahead for danger. And Milo, his bag of precious possessions slung over one shoulder, followed silently and resolutely behind. Which is another area where we see this absolutely incredible metaphor that uh, time is Milo's best friend. Yeah. Like, that Tylo, yeah. That time leads Milo.
0: Yeah, I was like, well, and, and and that when he when he lets him lead too, like when he actually like... It, uh, man, I had a point there. Continue reading uh, that point. <laughs> gone forever
1: perhaps someone should stay back and guard the way said the humbug unhappy offering his services but since his suggestion was met with silence he followed glumly along the higher they went the darker it became though it wasn't the darkness of night but rather like a mixture of lurking shadows and evil intentions which oozed from the slimy moss-covered cliffs and blotted out the light. A cruel wind shrieked through the rocks and the air was thick and heavy as if it had been used several times before. And this is this is what I mean by him describing the mountains as though they are ignorance. It's yeah. absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah. On they went, higher and higher up the dizzying trail. On one side, the sheer stone walls and brutal peaks towering above them and on the other, An endless, limitless, bottomless nothing. I can hardly see a thing, said Milo, taking hold of Toc's tail as a sticky mist engulfed the moon.
2: Perhaps we should wait until morning.
1: There'll be morning
2: for you soon enough,
1: came a reply from the directly above. And this was followed by a hideous, cackling laugh, very much like someone choking on a fishbone. Clinging to one of the greasy rocks and blending in almost perfectly with it was a large, unkempt, and exceedingly soiled bird, who looked more like a dirty floor mop than anything else. He had a sharp, dangerous beak, and one eye he chose to open stared down maliciously. I don't think you understand, said Milo timidly as the watchdog growled a warning. We're looking for a place to spend the night.
2: It's not yours to spend,
1: the bird shrieked again and followed with the same horrible laugh.
2: That doesn't make any
1: sense, you see, he started to explain. Dollars and cents, still not yours to spend, the bird replied haughtily.
2: But I didn't mean...
1: Insisted Milo.
2: Well, of course you're mean.
1: Interrupted the bird. Close, closing the eye that had been open. And opening the one that had been closed.
2: Anyone who spends a night. That doesn't belong to him. Is very mean. Well I thought. That by.
1: He tried again desperately. That's a different story. Interjected the bird. A bit more aimably.
2: amiably. Amiably. Uh if you want to buy I'm sure I can arrange to sell but what you're doing you'll probably end up in a shell, anyways that
1: doesn't seem right said Milo helplessly for the bird for with the bird taking everything the wrong way he hardly knew what he was saying <laughs> agreed said the bird with a sharp click of his beak
2: but if it's left But neither is it left, although if I were you, I would have left a long time ago. Let me try once more,
1: said Milo in an effort to explain. In other words, you
2: mean you have other words,
1: cried the bird happily.
2: Well, by all means, use them. You're certainly not doing very well with the ones you've got.
1: Must you always interrupt like that? Said Talk irritably, for even he was becoming impatient. (laughs) Again, time becoming impatient with you. I love it. It's beautiful.
2: Good stuff, man. Naturally, the bird cackled. It's my job. I take the words right out of your mouth. Haven't we met before? I'm the ever-present bird snatcher. And I'm sure I know your friend, the bug.
1: And then he leaned all the way forward and gave a terrible, knowing smile. The humbug, who was too big to hide and too frightened to move, denied everything. Is everyone who lives in ignorance like you Such a good line, asked Milo. (laughs) (laughs) And then the response is even more sublime. Much worse. (laughs) (laughs) He said longingly.
2: But I don't live here. I'm from a place very far away called Context. Oh oh god, I love that, dude.
1: Yeah. Don't you (laughs) oh wait, hang on. Don't you think you should be getting back? Suggested the bug, holding one arm up in front of him.
2: What a horrible thought, the bird shuddered. It's such an unpleasant place. I spend most, almost all my time out of it. Besides, what could be nicer than these grimy mountains?
1: Almost anything, thought Milo as he pulled his collar up. And then he asked the bird, are you a demon?
2: I'm afraid not,
1: he replied sadly as several filthy tears rolled down his beak.
2: I've tried, but the best I can manage to be is a nuisance.
1: And before Milo could reply, he flapped his dingy wings and flew off in a cascade of dust, dirt, and fuzz. Wait, shouted Milo, who thought of many more questions he wanted to ask.
2: Thirty four pounds!
1: shrieked the bird as he disappeared into the fog he was certainly no help said milo after they had been walking again for some time that's why i drove him off cried the humbug fiercely brandishing his cane now let's find the demons that might be sooner than you think remarked talk looking back and suddenly trembling at the suddenly trembling bug and the trail turned again and continued to climb in a few minutes they'd reached the crest only to find that beyond it lay another one even higher and beyond that several more whose tops were lost in the swirling darkness for a short stretch of the path be- oh, for a short stretch the path became broad And flat and just ahead leaning comfortably against a dead tree stood a very elegant looking gentleman he was beautifully dressed in a dark suit with a well-pressed shirt and tie his shoes were polished his nails were clean his hat was well brushed and his white handkerchief adorned his breast pocket by his expression but his expression was somewhat blank In fact, it was completely blank, for he had neither eyes, nor nose, nor mouth. "'Hello, little boy,' he said amiably, shaking Milo by the hand. "'And how's the faithful dog?' he inquired, giving talk three or four strong friendly pats. "'And who is this handsome creature?' he asked, tipping his hat to a very pleased Humbug. I'm so happy to see all of you.
2: What a pleasant
1: surprise to meet someone so nice, they all thought, especially
2: here. I wonder if you could spare me a little of your time and help with a few small jobs. Why, of course,
1: said the Humbug cheerfully. Gladly, added Talk. Yes, indeed, said Milo, who wondered for just a moment how it was possible for someone so agreeable to have a face with no features at all. Splendid, splendid, he said happily, for there are just three tasks. First, I would like you to move this pile from here to there, he explained, pointing to an enormous mound of fine sand. But I'm afraid all I have are these tiny tweezers. And he gave them to Milo, who immediately began transporting one grain at a time.
2: Secondly, I would like to empty this well and fill the other, but I have no bucket. So you'll have to use this eyedropper.
1: He handed it to Tok, who undertook at once carrying one drop at a time from well to well. And lastly I must have a hole through this cliff and here is a needle to dig it eagerly the humbug quickly set to work picking at the solid granite wall when they had all been safely started and very the very pleasant man returned to the tree and leaned against it once more continued to stare vacantly down the trail while Milo, Talk and Humbug. Worked hour after hour. 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 And that, my friends, is the cliffhanger that we end this week's episode of endless epic uh, did we lose did we lose did we lose you buddy bro H- hello hello <laughs> bro sean did we lose you oh hang on guys uh my brother is calling in to the podcast, so we lost him. Are you still there?
0: Yeah. yeah, I'm still here. What's the problem?
1: Well, we're at the end of the chapter.
0: I know. I was saying how much I liked the end of this one.
1: Oh, I I did not hear you at all. You were not coming through on the on the Discord. It disconnected you.
0: Yeah, yeah. I was uh, I was saying uh, like I love I love how this chapter ends. Like it's
1: well, for one, it's an incredible cliffhanger.
0: Yes, it really is.
1: And it very much makes us believe that this might be the end of the journey for Milo. <laughs> I and
0: mean, in uh, such an interesting way too.
1: Yeah. And, and the, what this leads into in the next chapter, and it's, and it's so painful not to just read it right now. But what this leads right. into into the next chapter is something that is incredibly relevant for, for people in general. Uh, like right. we all we all have problems with with productivity and and being distracted I think that in the 21st century with uh, technology being what it is and the amount of media we consume it is incredibly easy to get distracted absolutely
0: um, yeah this next chapter is going to be very interesting I'm excited to get into it
1: uh, well, bro, I appreciate you taking the time, even though I know you're 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 sleepy and you're busy. I appreciate you taking the time to to phone oh, it in to me, re-record the episode.
0: I, me, I'm never tired. Literally phoning it in, <laughs> not like metaphorically phoning it in.
1: Yeah, well, I mean, I guess that's true. You are literally phoning this episode in.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Well, uh, that's...
1: thank you guys so much for tuning in to Endless Epic. Um, don't forget at the end of this series we are giving away a signed annotated copy of uh, the Phantom Tollbooth in hard copy Um, not signed by Norton Juster obviously I wish but uh, it'll be you guys we we put out a a question to see if you guys wanted us to sign it and you said yes so um, just so everyone's aware that does decrease the value of the book not increases (laughs) I was
0: going to say you're taking something that actually has a little bit of value and decreasing it so be aware of
1: that But we we do want to say again, thank you to everyone who listens and supports the podcast. We are aware that episodes 12 and 13 of the podcast are not on Spotify. Um, I've been emailing Spotify nonstop uh, to try and get them put up. But uh, it it is very difficult because we are still a relatively small podcast. Um, So Spotify's network just does not have any sort of help for this kind of thing. Um, but I am working on getting them up. Um, so for our listeners on Spotify, I apologize, uh, that you, uh, have, uh, either missed episodes 12 and 13, or just simply, uh, have had to go somewhere else to listen to them. Uh, again, I apologize. Um, I'm working on getting it fixed now. Um, but I do appreciate you guys very much. Uh, and thank you to all of our patrons who, uh, support the podcast um, who listen to it a week early, and who support all of our D and D content through Patreon. Uh, you guys are incredible. Thank you guys so much for being yes. a part of making the magic. Um, and thank you to everyone who's been rating and and uh, and uh, leaving reviews for the podcast. It's been really cool to read uh, people giving feedback on the podcast. I really really yeah. appreciate that.
0: No, it does help. You know, uh, the more you guys rate and uh, leave your reviews, the more we get pushed up and more people find us and the more we can do it
1: yeah which again like for those of you guys that don't know this is sort of a passion project for my brother and i uh we've always really been big into storytelling and that's why we got into youtube and such in the first place and uh we did not expect this podcast to do well because again it was a passion thing we just wanted to do it because we love uh books and the process of storytelling um But yeah, like we're, we're stoked that there are as many people who love this stuff as much as we do.
0: Truly are. Yeah. It's been awesome. All
1: right, guys, that is going to be it for this evening. Thank you so much for joining us. Uh, You can follow me on all of the things. Um, I am at Slim Usus, Real Slim Usus, or The Real Slim Usus on all of the platforms. And of course, you can follow my brother on Instagram for his very pretty photography at Sean A-N-N-N-S-E-A-N, or at C period, bash, see like the ocean. Uh, and yeah, thank you guys so much for tuning in. Yeah, thanks again. Um, yeah, go bug go bug Sean. Go bug my brother on his Instagram hey. page.
0: Hey, uh, I've been posting a little bit. I'm, I'm getting back into a schedule, so. Uh, uh, he's
1: going to start streaming soon, too, so that's, uh, yes, that's good fun. On that. It is. Uh, Look forward to it. So, Thank you guys so much for joining us on this leg of Milo's journey beyond the Phantom Tollbooth. We hope to see you next time that we turn the page. Stay bloodthirsty, my friends. All hail.